Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's standing by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast with me, Ben Barrett. No, Ian Perkins again this evening, which means there is just the two, just the two of us. We can <laughs> make Please it if we sing. try. Just the two of us, Dave and I. Hi, Dave. How you doing, mate? I do apologise for that, listeners. I think uh, Ben has been gone crazy listening to watching greyhound racing and uh probably drinking far too many uh power power drinks i'd have thought so i apologize for that but yes i'm fine thank you how are you i'm fine although i just uh just to peel the curtain back my good lady wife who is in the room next to us here at uh barrett uh, glover's cast hq has just texted me going that intro wow bit much do you think <laughs> We'll put a poll out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we know what the answer is going to be, yeah. It's Anywho. Been, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. It's been a long year, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, it's been it's been, it's been been a, a, a good couple of days, though, to be a Yeovil Town fan. We didn't get too down about the Chesterfield loss. And then we rolled back around pretty quickly with the Somerset Premier Cup. Now. That With legendary great, trophy. Legendary trophy that the only professional Somerset side has uh, not won since 2005. 
Are Bath City some are Bath City full pro, pros now? No, no. Are they not? Semi semi pro. At in, that best, case, in that case, moment. we are still the only professional full time Somerset outfit, and so have not won it for. 16 years now which is uh yeah a bit of an iffy although the last two didn't happen so 14 years really um we got through we had a scare we conceded a first minute goal to bridgewater united um who are the now proud owners of our women's team as well aren't they i forgot that was them that uh, now uh, have amalgamated with our yeovil ladies conceded the first minute goal but came back and won for one um if anybody missed it, there was only 300 people in attendance. We have got a little bit of coverage on the match on gloverscast.co.uk. It was a fairly strong side, though, that played, Dave. Um, Evans in goal, who obviously gets his first start in the first-team fixture, which this was, does count as a first-team fixture. Uh, Max Hunt, captain the side. Morgan Williams alongside him. We saw the debut of Jack Robinson at left-back, the Millwall loan E. Uh, Worthington and Stevens in the centre of midfield. From what I can tell, Ollie Haste, who is a youngster that's appeared on a couple of benches for us in pre-season, was left wing and Alex Bradley was right wing and Sonny Blue in behind Adi Youssef. Who have I forgotten? Graziano at right Graziano, back. Graziano, Jake Graziano, that's right, yeah. The young lad at right back and then from the bench, we brought on a couple of youngsters right at the death. But of course, the story of the night has to be the story of the Skivertons. Um, firstly, Dave, we'll talk about the Skivertons in a minute, but uh, were you surprised to see the team as strong as it was? Do you think that was the right call? Well, I wasn't surprised at all, Ben, because you'd obviously predicted it just a few days earlier, um, almost uh, almost to a man. There was no Ben Jami, um, so we couldn't get on the pitch if he scored. But um, but yeah, we did have a we did have a we did have a Skiverton. So no, I probably wasn't surprised. And I know we'll come on to Darren Sale's press conference um, from today in a bit. But obviously, uh, you know, he had some players there, as we mentioned when we spoke on uh, on Sunday Monday that um, hadn't played. Probably needed some minutes in their legs. Morgan Williams being one. Matt Wormington obviously back after his ban. Alex Bradley. So, yeah, there was a good reason for all of those first team players. And fortunately, they all came through on scale, which is probably the most important thing at the moment. Yeah, especially those back two. We are a little bit light in defence. Um, obviously, neither of us watched it. There was nothing more than a few live tweets to kind of go by. But from what the manager said today in the press conference that you attended on behalf of the Glovers cast, um, is there any names in there that kind of stood out to him that you think might be thinking about something a little bit longer term do you think he's got any headaches out of a game like that i don't think headaches i think he spoke about some of the players that you know the first team players the likes of bradley and and worthington and obviously adi Youssef scored a goal um so i, I think he's probably pleased to see them get some but he, he spoke very highly of all the youngsters he said uh, he named check ollie haste jake graziano and obviously uh Apparently, they, they all call him Finn Skiverton, so we'll call him Finn rather than Finn. Finley. Okay, yes, might be like calling you Benjamin or something like that, but or uh, Benjani, yeah, Benjani, yeah. Um, so Finn Skiverton, he, na he name checked them all. Uh, Haste, we know, has been on the bench in pre season, isn't he? So I think there's a couple there. He did say, you know, how they played well, but there's no, you know, they're not going to be rolling into the first team on Saturday, so possibly, you know, some for the a few for the future. Um, there. Hope so. Yeah, we hope so. This is where I think I disagree with Ian, actually. He talks about not having seven substitutes. He prefers to have just the five. I think I would have seven because I would like to, on certain occasions, be able to just chuck Ollie Haste on the bench, to chuck young Finn Skiverton and just say, look, you're not going to play unless we're four or five nil up slash down. But 
if they're the only chances we get, and if he's getting excited about Ollie Haste, you know, I'd love to see these players just just in match day squads, enjoying the first team experience, and and just maybe getting those few minutes a little bit like we saw with with Toby Stevens against Stockport, where he just gave him a few minutes and said, "Go on, just go out there and experience it," because the game was done and dusted. So that's my little tuppence there. I think I would like to see those extra that extra wiggle room on the bench. Um, who knows the way that uh, our numbers are in the squad? We might have a few spots on the bench anyway within the next few weeks. So good to know we've got a few. To, uh, to call upon if needs be, because it sounds like we're not going to be in a position to recruit, which was something that you asked him about with regards to Luke Wilkinson's injury. So um, let, let's let's move on to the highlight of the evening. Um, we put up a little article on gloverscast.co.uk, 4,687 days since... Sk- yeah, give or take. Since a player named Skiverton was on the goal-scoring sheets for Yeovil Town. I mean... I'm, you know, it, it, for me, this is this is dream territory stuff. If someone offered me now in 10, 15, not 10 years, that would be really early, but in 15 years' time to play on the same pitch at public level with my son or with my daughter at just about any sport, I would snap your hands off for it. To have your son come on for the team that you are so synonymous with and score a goal. I mean, I, I have no idea how he must have felt last last evening, Wednesday night, but what a moment for Terry and, of course, for Finn. Yeah, and I say the manager spoke about it. He spoke about how he'd been with uh, with Skivo to watch his, his lad play. I think he said he had a, he had a time at Street, I think he mentioned. Okay. Um, so he said they've been, you know, he'd been to see him so many times before. But uh, one nice thing that he did say was that uh, nobody gets in the team just because of the surname. So um, he said he was there on merit. He was in the, he was you know, on the bench, obviously, he came off the bench because he thought um, that he could affect the game and he could, could do something, help win the game. And obviously, you know, he came on and scored. Sounded like he had another couple of good chances as well. Um, but, but yeah, it was, he, I think the manager called it a wonderful moment for uh, Terry. And um, yeah, it's it's got to be, isn't it? I mean, it's um, must have been fantastic. And I think he's got, I think he's got another lad who's in the under 18s or certainly I know he's come through the community sports trust um, youth groups as well. So yeah, there's a, there's a few Skivertons out there, but, uh, but Finn looks to be the, uh, the one who's leading the charge. Well, it's been a, it's been over a decade, 12 years, as we say, 4,600 and something days since we last saw a Skiverton out on the pitch. And here's, here's to a few more, maybe. Who knows where the future holds for, for Finn and whoever else. So a huge congratulations to the entire Skiverton clan. I think that pretty much wraps up the SPC. Um, we'll have full details of the next round, probably, whenever it uh, gets drawn. Um, the attention is now going to start to turn to Boreham Wood on Saturday. I think we all agree this could be a bit of a tricky one away at Boreham Wood. What do you reckon, Dave? It's going to be—it's not going to be an easy game, is it? Not by any stretch. No, I mean they lost their first game last weekend away at um, Solihull, um, uh, but that, yeah, they've had a very good start to the season. We know from the encounters we've had with them that they're a very—you know—probably not dissimilar to what we are. You know, they're a very tight. A tight team, I think. Um, they're very built around their defence. Um, they've obviously lost uh, Shamanga, uh, as we found out to our cost. But um, they've got Scott Bowden in, who I know has got a bit of experience down at Torquay. So yeah, they've got a you know they've got a lot of uh, lot of experience there. I think we looked up, didn't we? That they've got the the oldest 
average age of a squad in the in the division, 30-something, uh, and we got the second youngest, uh, only beaten by Aldershot. And that our uh, average age must presumably be raised a bit by the likes of Little Reed and, and, and Wilkinson, who obviously all aren't going to be there on Saturday. So, um, so yeah, I, I would expect this to be another tough encounter. As we like to do here on the Glovers cast, we have uh, we have found somebody from the opposition, a boot in the other camp, so to speak, to have a little chat with. Dave, you were on interviewing duty this week. Who did you speak to? And would you like to introduce their audio now? And we can get Ian to do some clever editing later on. OK, yep. So I spoke with Andy Cullen, who uh, is... Uh, gives his, his biography on Twitter is Bournemouth FC supporter and uh, he started off by telling me about his trip to Solihull uh, last weekend so yeah hope you enjoy Okay, so this is Dave, and I am here with Andy Cullen, who is a Boreham Wood season ticket holder. So, Andy, first of all, welcome to the Glovers Cast. Thanks very much for having me on. No problem at all. So, uh, Andy, yeah, the story you just told me off the air there—you're going to have to—you're going to have to give the listeners this again. So, you uh, travelled to Solihull Moors for Boreham Wood's game on Indeed. Saturday. Go on, you—you you pick up yeah. the tale. This is quite a tale. It's madness really um so our coach left at 12 o'clock for the three o'clock kickoff uh on average Bournemouth to Solihull Birmingham about an hour and a half drive now yeah, and a half to drive um M1 M6 and the, basically a massive crash on M6 um when we was about an hour away from Solihull um which unfortunately resulted us not getting there to the 60th minute um, and obviously we were having the Twitter updates and stuff like that. We were 2-0 down, all doom and gloom. We got it back to 2-1, thinking, oh, if we can hold on till we get there, then maybe a little support will hopefully get the boys on. And then, of course, when we pulled into the car park, 3-1. So um, it, it didn't work out the way we hoped. And then, obviously, by the time you're getting there, you're already annoyed from the journey. You're 3-1 down. Um and then all the little kids from Solihull who basically come over just to sort of cause trouble, basically. Um, the most annoying thing, and a bit stupid, really, considering they knew how late we were, is that obviously because the, the coach driver has a tachograph, he has to wait around for an hour once he's been driving for four hours, which had been. Right. So what Solihull did is at the end of the game, obviously, that was less than an hour. They didn't even keep the bar open to surely get more money for them yeah. for, an hour, like for half an hour for everyone to have a pint. Just while the coach driver does what he needs to do, yeah. instead we actually just have to stand in the car park when really they're losing money by not doing it. Don't get me wrong, there was only sort of 30, 40 people in a coach, but just keeping a bar open for half an hour. But wouldn't you know, have been much, would it? Given everything that the ordeal you'd already been through, I'd have thought, mm. yeah, to make you stand in a car park just south of Birmingham doesn't sound like well after a three-one win. It's not a great thing to do at any time, is it? Yeah, we lost three-one. Lost three-one, so yeah. We played terrible when we got there anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, we couldn't even have a pint just to even sort of you know just talk about it or whatever. But um, obviously, what I did say to you off air is, you know, in fairness, they, the club have been good. Um, they've given the people that was on the coach free travel to Eastleigh next weekend after we play you guys at home this weekend um, to sort of counter that sort of thing. Even though we're on TV, they obviously want 
as many people as I can to get down there at the same time as well. And, and look, again, we spoke about it on there, and that probably will take us into us not being a the most fantastically supported club that you will ever see. To be completely honest with you, we're punching well above our weight. Well, well, well above our weight. So average average gates are what? Uh, less than a thousand. Oh, yeah. a, a thousand is brilliant, by the way. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, when we played, um, we we went on a really good unbeaten run, um, season four last, and we was getting sort of a thousand through the door, and that was that was like brilliant. Like sort of the whole town was sort of coming out and doing their thing. Um, and I know that's sort of quite hard for you guys to sort of fathom, really, because you're obviously an ex-league club um, where you guys are sort of base where you are. You have obviously your, that's your one club and everybody will go there. Um, probably tourists and stuff as well, maybe. Um, but in terms of probably think people think, how the hell do we, we I think it's quite a well-known thing that I get, I see on Twitter a lot, like Tim Pot. Um, you're a tin pot club, you've got no supporters, blah, blah, blah. What people don't realise is, first of all, is why we're not that greatly supported. So around us, within a 10-mile radius, we have Arsenal, we have Watford, uh, Stephen is just up the road, um, Spurs, Chelsea, all within a 20-minute train journey. And then you got the whole of London there as well, isn't it? Not West Ham. Yeah. Um, so it's all born, basically Borwood won't be many people's first team. It'll always be someone's second team that if their their team, like one of the Premier League teams, are playing away, they'll go to Borwood. Right. Um, sort of their like second team. Yeah. Um, that's really the long and short of it. But I, I've always grown up as an Arsenal fan. But pretty about five, six, seven years ago, I just thought the money that like you'll pay to go to an institute like Arsenal, if they miss out on my ticket money, it, it will just go to somebody else. It's no problem. Yes. Whereas Borenwood and Yeovil, any other club, they you're the heartbeat of that community. That Even though like, our season tickets are, mine was 150 quid this year. Right. That means it's so very, very well priced. I think it works out about five, six quid a game. Um, whereas Arsenal are looking 60 quid a game. Um, so, but more importantly, I know where my money goes. Like that money means a lot to that club. Like even like buying like, like things like the t-shirts and uh, bits and pieces, mugs, whatever. I know it sounds silly, silly stuff we're talking about here. No, not at all. Not at but, all. Uh, that, that is a proper thing for our, our sort of our little club. And yeah. I don't know if anybody's seen our stadium. It's a very, very nice stadium uh, for what it is. Um, we have Arsenal ladies. And also under twenty threes. So basically, I'll I'll probably put on record to you that our pitch is probably the best outside the championship. It's ridiculous. But because Arsenal and stuff, that our facilities have to be top top notch. Our pitch has to be top top notch, and that's why we've got like the a couple of new stands and stuff like that. So our facilities have to be sort of brought up to a level that our club is just such a a, real, a well-run club. On based on the contacts that we've got, yeah, we're basically making the most of what we've got. Um, which I know again, based on your situation, might be slightly different. Um, because obviously, what do you average gate wise? What, well, at the moment, it's a couple of a, a, a couple of thousand, so um, yeah, we would be, we'd be on our knees if we had that, we'd be praying for that. But the, the reality of the situation is 
that isn't going to happen. So we have to source our income. And again, I think it's quite well documented. Um, we've had very good players going into the EFL, Sorba Thomas. Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Kapshamanga, who you unfortunately you guys felt the brunt of on Saturday. You have to bring it up, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it, and this is what this is designed to do, so we can talk about it and, and go from there, really. But yeah, it's the you're one... trying to put me through therapy now, aren't you? This is Jamanga <laughs> therapy. That's what you're giving me. Okay, okay. Well, the that. question I want to ask you, if you don't mind me asking you guys, I'll go on. is we're in you obviously are one club town. But how do you guys attract players when you're literally based where you are? Because I went to Weymouth away and I didn't realise that Yeovil was a good another 30, 40 miles on top of what me going to Weymouth. So how do you attract the player of, of level to go all the way down there? Yeah. Well, it's a difficult thing to do because, as you say, it is, it is quite remote. I mean, we've had a success with... So you, you might be aware of a guy called Gary Johnson. Actually, started his uh, managerial career around Watford, I think, uh, way way back when. So so he joined us um, when we we got out of the of the football league, uh, got into the football league, I should say, out of the conference the first time, and then obviously took us, came went away, came back for a second spell. Um, and took us up to the championship. Now, he very much fostered this real sort of like community spirit. And what he did was that he brought a lot of younger lads at the time who wanted to focus on their football, therefore didn't want the bright lights of a big city. So he gave um, them a platform. Exactly. Yeah. Say, we know that you're, we're going to use them as a sort of stepping stone. But come here, get your head down, work hard. And you'll get your move. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 a lot of them did that, but they also, uh, you know, got us promoted uh, to the out of the out of the conference into the football league. We spent a long time in the football league, as you've said, and then uh, and they did again. I mean, to be honest with you, Oval Town, a lot of players that we have will be younger players that have been bombed out of uh, you know high mm. division clubs or players coming the other way who probably had a lot of injuries and then gone gone through there. So that tends to be, I mean, in my more years than I care to imagine of supporting the club. It that that's pretty much what it's been. It's been you know older players with probably bad injury records um, and 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 youngsters. In, um, yeah, exactly. And young players that, like you said, have been bombed out of. I'm guessing clubs maybe like Bristol City. Well, um, yeah, I mean we've had we've had like quite that. a lot of uh, we've had quite a lot of good connections as well. We've had quite a lot of players from Tottenham. And uh, not for a, a while now, but we had the likes of Colker and Townsend and Ryan Mason, and we had some of those um, oh, down on. Play a few. Yeah, yeah, they won loads with us for decent players here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it went on to be. I mean, Colker when he played for us, I think he was. I think when he arrived, he was seventeen and he was eighteen. But he, he just looked head and shoulders above everyone. He was player of the season and season we played for him. But um but yeah but uh, I mean uh, as well that's another one that you have yeah Luke Ayling. Yeah there's been a few. I mean Mm -hmm. I um I always get the Mickey taken out of me because whenever I'm watching a a Premier League game I'm always saying, Oh yeah, he was on loan at Yeovil. He came on loan at Yeovil and wherever so uh, a bit 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 sad like that. But uh, that actually brings me on to a question I wanted to ask you because you've mentioned Chimanga there and um he (laughs) did have a very brief spell um, so brief, he didn't actually play a minute, but he, he spent a half a season on loan at us when he was at MK Dons um, and didn't play a, a single minute. Then I think he went off to like Boston and places yeah, like that. Boston, Oxford City. Yeah. I think Oxford City is where he really, really found a home. Yeah, um, yeah. 
But then um, he he came to you guys, and he 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 just never stopped, did he? I mean, scoring for what was he with you three seasons? Two no, seasons? two. So two he, seasons. He, he he signed a two year deal with your option for a third. Right. So the two seasons he played for us, by the way, absolutely unbelievable. He was, um, yeah. He's literally he transformed us, probably been for a bit like yourselves, a solid mid table team, unfortunately, to really at least been um, playoff contenders. Yeah. Um, he was fantastic uh, to be completely honest just a proper poacher just in anything within the, the whip for the post excellent yeah. Um, yeah. and absolutely running himself into the ground yeah. but he, he fairly deserved his move um, just to sort of go by Shimanga himself so from what I've been told from people that I know people there he's getting aid of the fee that the chest paid for him so basically, our chairman agreed with Shimanga. He basically, like, whatever this figure is, which is basically like Championship League One sort of money, by the way. Yeah. yeah. We'll let you go. We'll let yeah. you go. So our, our chairman, the very fair guy, like, if you, anyone comes with that money, we'll hopefully, we'll openly let you go. So anyway, Chesterfield basically were like a, a dog of a bone, kept coming back with offers, and basically eventually come back with the offer that basically that he promised him. Um, anyway, so. It turns out he's getting paid six times what he's on at Boreham You see, we, on the Glovers cast, we call him Casterfield. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And whenever Sorry, we write man. Stockport, we always write it with a dollar sign for the S yeah. as well. So, not that we're bitter or anything, but... Well, it's yeah. not working well for Stockport, so... Well, no, 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 they seem to be... I personally a... think Chesterfield will win the league. Yeah, well, I, I last weekend... And Shimanga. Yeah. Uh, I think they're obviously a lot more... Uh, better teams than what we were, so he will score. I think he's already on seven goals already. Yeah. Um, so mental, really. But that's what you pay that money for at the end yeah. of the day for him to be banging in the goals. So yeah. he's not. Whereas obviously Stockport, on the other hand, they paid all that money for Paddy Madden and um, and Quigley, and it's absolutely backfired on them badly. Um, well, Quigley's out injured, isn't he? I think he's only played like twenty yeah. minutes, and Paddy is an absolute legend at Yeovil. So he. Uh, uh, played for us the season we went up to the championship, yeah. but he looked a, a shadow of himself yeah. when we, we we played up there. But I, I just, yeah, I want to no, ask no, you about Chibanga because um, he's obviously left, but you've had a very good start to the season anyway, haven't you? Mm. You know, up until that game at Solihull, which I won't dwell on, you know, I don't want to relive the car park again. But um, so, I mean, what do you put that down to? What what What's happened? Because uh, you'd think a loss like that would have really sort of knocked the wind out of your sails. Um, so 10 days, Shimanga got sold 10 days before the season started. Right. And there was not a lot of optimism around. We literally went in a space of that minute, we went from being probably near enough top half playoffs to probably thinking, oh God, what the hell is going to happen this season? But we've got a very solid base. So Ashmore um, is probably up there, top three keepers in this league. He's come back and lost three stone. He, I think he's known as being quite a big boy. Right. He, he's a man mountain, by the way. But he's credit to him. He's lost three stone. And the games that we've won, he's pulled out some really good saves at crucial, crucial times. We've won three two against Bromley away in the last minute. He made a save that he wouldn't have made before because obviously he was carrying a bit of timber. Um, but like that, we obviously got a, a really, we played three five two. Um, you obviously asked me before in the message about our aging squad. 
So we've got the ages in the right places. So our back three is all sort of 29, 30. So they've been around the, the leagues, uh, National League and probably League Two. Um, but the, the youth is in our wing backs. So obviously Kane Smith, 25. Uh, we brought a lad from Wildstone, Men, uh, Jacob Mendy Mendy. He basically uh, scored 10 goals from left wing back for Wildstone last year. Wow. Um, and again, this, this is going to sound crazy, but he's our record signing for 20 grand. Right. Okay. That is that probably speaks volumes of how well our club is run. Yeah. The fact that we don't have to go and spend that kind of money on players potentially flopping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the money that was used from Silver Thomas and uh, Shranga went towards that. Uh, and then in the middle of the park, we've got, we fed his Mark Ricketts on paper. He's 35, I think. Mm-hmm. He's as fit as a fiddle. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he's, I think he, he might be a personal trainer in his spare time right. or something like that. But he, he can seriously get up and down. Um, and then I think we signed a couple of lads from Bromley and Aldershot, Josh Reese and Frankie Raymond. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they're sort of 25, 26. I think Frankie Raymond might be sort of 27, 28. But in the top half of the pitch, we signed um, a lad called Scott Bowden, who's sort of been around the National Leagues, Chesterfield, uh, Torquay, like places like that. And it, he was coming to basically replace... Shimanga. And as you could probably imagine, there wasn't really a lot of excitement around that. But he's he's okay. He like he's I, I, I always in the back of my head I think we're gonna struggle for goals. Um which is where I think our downfall is gonna be. Right. So but our our team's in our spine is experienced and then on the wings we've got young players. Yes mix. But what about you guys then? So how how do you guys run in terms of young experience and like so, and more importantly how have you found that how the season started because you're a bit, of also a bit of an inconsistent start haven't you well we uh so we played five because we obviously didn't play the first we were supposed to be away at wrexham on the first game of the season but we had covid uh in the in the camp so that game got postponed so our first game was everyone else's second game so mm. we uh we played kings lynn at home and a player sent off in the first half um when we were one nil up when he got sent off and then we lost two one at home so that was a bad uh two two one at home kings so that, lynn as well. yeah kings lynn so that wasn't a good start but i think the sending off you can can put that down to yeah. but then we won the next away, yeah, we won the next three after that. Won away at Oldershot, beat um, Halifax at home on, on the TV uh, in the next That's game. That's a good result, by the way. Halifax are going well. Yeah, Halifax. Look, and, well. and, and we, um, we, we you know, kept them kept them very quiet. They've got some decent forward players. Mm. They've got that Billy Waters who's uh, he's yeah. been about a bit. And and then the next game, we uh, spanked Stockport 3-0 away from home. So And th- and then we've lost um, obviously at home to Chesterfield, but as you were saying, I think a lot of teams are going to lose yeah. to Chesterfield this season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, inconsistent lost to um, 1-3, but uh, we've uh, we're, I think we're ninth in the league going into the weekend and, um, you know, played two less games than a lot of, a lot of clubs. So we're doing we're doing all right, but we what we do have is, and I think this probably in the questions I sent you before, and I said I don't think I said aging. I think I said experienced uh, of the uh, of the boring zebra zebra. It's the same. <laughs> Well, I'm always getting accused of the, being the old man of this podcast. So experience, I'll go for experience over mm-hmm. old. Um, but uh, I'm probably saying that because uh, we lack 
experience on our side. I think when I was looking at the average ages, we're the second youngest team in the division squad, I should oh, wow. say, and that's behind um, Aldershot, who I think. So we've got um, three players who are likely to be out injured um, on Saturday, two definitely will be, um, which is uh, we've got fullback who we signed in the summer called Mark Little, striker called Ruben Reed, who's been around a bit as well. Both of them, yeah. So Mark Little was at um, Bolton. Uh, Bristol City. Bristol City, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ruben Reed. Ruben Reed does he does all the teams. The West the Country Southwest. Tour, yeah. He's done yeah, Plymouth, he's, he's done Exeter, he's done Cheltenham, he's done them all. Yeah, yeah, you name Forest Green Rovers, he's done them all. But but both of them are out injured until Christmas. And they're obviously older, more experienced players who would bring our average on the know, higher wages as well, which obviously yeah. doesn't help. And then we've got Luke Wilkinson, who's our captain, who I think had a couple of spells on loan at Boreham Wood a few years back. Yeah, uh, and he um, he's probably going to be out injured. He, he, he pulled hamstring on Saturday. We're, um, we're waiting to find out um, about what... what we're looking seeing. four weeks straight away, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends how bad it is, doesn't it? I mean, uh, anything, yeah. yeah, Ruben Reed tore a hamstring and he's out till Christmas. So if it's a tear, then then we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll not see him again. But we've got a lot of younger players um, that we brought in, which is, you know, down to the fact that we haven't got a lot of money. Any money that we do have, we borrow off the Football League by the look of uh, where we're going, which isn't a great place to be. But uh, I think that's probably why I mentioned the experience, because on the face of it, you've got an experienced team going up against, you know, what are kids in a lot of uh, a lot of places? Well, actually, one uh, who, who was at Bournemouth as well as our goalkeeper, Grant Smith. Yeah, um, he, he, yeah. You no, know, he's he joined his, us in the his, summer. His kicking is unbelievable. Yeah, like unbelievable, left-footed, unbelievable. Like good. I don't think he's in terms of he's not very commanding, um, so to speak. He's more of a very good shot stopper. Yeah. Very good with his kicking. Sort of almost quite a stylish goalkeeper, as opposed to sort of Ashmore's a, a sort of big. Yeah, going to go near me. Yeah, he's a presence. Whereas Grant Smith, I don't think he's a presence, but he's good in his own right. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely is well warranted as a number one goalkeeper at this level. Yeah, well, we got him from Chesterfield. The lads in Chesterfield mm. last week were saying that they were surprised um, that they let him go, but they've obviously they've got a, a number a number one there. But you, you yeah. mentioned there about um, uh, you know the sort of the, the the experience and the sort of. I don't want to say physicality because when people think about physicality, they think you know they're a bunch of cloggers, which I'm exactly, which I'm, I'm sure you're not. But looking at your results, and I know it's you know early in the season, but we're you grinders. Seem to... We're grinders. We're yeah. We we'll work hard. We we'll absolutely work our nuts off. Yeah. And give everything for ninety, and hope to nick a goal. Yeah. Away from home, that's at home. Away from home, I, I, I literally cannot put my finger on it. Why? We're a much, much, much better team away from home. If and this is for all you guys listening out, if you guys want a both teams to score bet, yeah, four hundred away is a cert. Oh, okay. <laughs> by the way, not to encourage betting that much. But, Gamble responsibly, people. Yeah. <laughs> do it, do it nicely if you're going to do it. But it's always a good bet, by the way. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like we're based on a solid foundation. We know what we are. Yeah. Um. But what I was going to ask you is obviously where there's a little bit of inconsistency of you guys, where do you guys expect, where do you fans expect to be now, now that you know that all the money's coming into this league and you know that you're not there anymore because of the parentry payments and bits and pieces are gone, where do you guys actually see yourselves? And you, you, I'm sure you're on the forums and Facebooks and stuff like that when you sort of lose a defeat. Are people saying, getting the manager out or 
you know what you are or how, how's it work with you guys? I think there's a lot going on off the pitch at Yeovil at the moment. I mentioned about football league, uh, borrowing money off the football league. So we've taken an £800,000 loan from the football league, um, which has got a lot of people worried. Um, I mm. think uh, we said last season, obviously we had, um, you know, everybody had COVID, didn't they? But then there was the, the death of our club captain, Lee Collins, who um, who committed suicide, which just... Cool. You know, Are we allowed to talk about that? Is that, is that OK? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, let's... Let, yeah, we should be With talking about guys, it. So, yeah. probably the first and foremost is how did that affect the the players? How did it affect the club? How did it affect the fans? Yeah, it, um, it, it absolutely tore the heart out of the season to the extent that the manager and all the players, you know, were were, were saying if we if we turned around and said we're not playing the rest of the season, no one, no one. And I don't think anyone would have had a, a question about it. You think about, you know, your, your club captain, who was a player in a dressing room that everybody looked up to, everybody, everybody knew. I mean, it just destroyed everybody for, you know, because it was so unexpected, mm. uh, you know, to, it, he was a, a proper, you know, we hear about it, you know, it's, it's all tragic stories around suicide, aren't they? But the, the stories that you hear about him being the life and soul of the party. Just the signs weren't there for nobody. Yeah, exactly. And nobody, and nobody knows thing. it. And that's the kind of thing you say there, should we be talking about it? Absolutely, we should be. In fact, if anything, it should make us want to talk about it more because, you know, it's, and I think that's one, you know, if a positive thing has come out of this, so there's probably a lot of people at the football, at, at Yeovil Town, who, you know, might, go and you know talk to someone about the way that they're feeling because because they they, they they don't feel right and so out of a tragedy you can have some kind of good his um his family have uh, you know have been his little girls are mascots for the uh, the game that was on the tv the other week uh you know obviously uh, there was a huge fundraising push to raise money for his family and everything so there there has been some I say good come out of it obviously you know that it's a, it's a tragedy but um but yeah Anyone's point of view supports the Oval, anyone who reads about it, if it saves one person oh, absolutely, yeah. it and talking about it with somebody, then it's done its job and, more importantly, helps people. And what people don't realise is the domino effect that it can have on their friends, their family, their colleagues, whoever it is, their club, whatever scenario it is, if it saves one person, then it's well worth talking about. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, I mean, to, to, to answer your question, I mean, last season, that obviously, you know, destroyed us. Uh, really and we had a season off, basically. Yeah. It, it yeah. Off. And because yeah. there was nothing to play for, it, it didn't, we didn't sound silly, but it didn't really matter. No. Uh, it was almost sort of like football was secondary, like that is much more important. And there was nothing, like in terms of everyone's so big about money these days, but because obviously the, the league's below and there was nothing happening. It didn't really matter within reason what happened on the pitch because it, there was nothing to play for. Yeah, exactly. It was a uh, league position uh, and, and, and everything that didn't, didn't matter at all. And then we got into this season, like I say, we had a lot of um, players. So we had Reese Murphy, who was our top scorer for the past two seasons, went good to South End, very good player. Again, sounds like did the same as Jamanga. Well, can I ask you a question about him? You can, yeah. And I don't think this is going to go down too well, but what's this about him not turning up to something to do with your captain or something like that? Yeah, so that was Lee Carter. So, yeah. Down well with you guys. Yeah, um, well, yeah. And rightly so, by the way. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so the, the story goes, obviously, uh, Murphy had been out for, you know, a long time with injury um, uh, towards the end of last season. It was quite clear that he wasn't going to re-sign. Um, we can imagine he's from Essex, uh, you know. Sort South of, End. That, yeah, well, from, uh, yeah, around that area somewhere. So, um, uh, so yeah, it became quite clear that he wasn't going to play. So, and the captain that you mentioned there was, was Lee Collins. So at the final game of last season, there was a bit, like I say, his, his wife was there, his, his girlfriend, I should say. Um, and it was a whole sort of like, you know, tribute to to him. Uh, and Murphy wasn't there, uh, which was a shame. And it was something that, you know, everybody knew, knew he had left, um, but he, he wasn't there. Now, in fairness to him, and I've got no reason to doubt anything that he says, he said that he had, you know, personal issues of his own and that um and that's why he wasn't able to attend. Now, I think a lot of people were angry at him that they, that he wasn't there on that game. He came out when he signed for Southend and said that was the reason why he wasn't there and he was very sorry and he wanted to say, you know, goodbye to people. Whether people believe him or not is that is down to their personal choice. But I think, yeah. I think that was probably... He's going to get some pedals in when he comes down to well, you. Well, yeah, maybe, but I can guarantee he'll score against us. <laughs> yeah, well, he's done he's, the season all right, so... He's done all right. He's done all right, yeah, yeah. And I, I need to talk to you about somebody. Go on. Because he was terrible at Warren Wood, but it looks like he's found a home. Hey, uh, ah, he, Joe Quigley, yeah, yeah. Well, he was, yeah. It was almost like a running joke, unfortunately. I'm, I don't know if he listens to this, but sorry. But... It, he was like known as like almost sort of a bit of a donkey for us. Yeah. Well, we um we were told uh, by Dagenham fans that we'd si- uh, we signed him from from Dagenham uh, last season. We'd signed a head on a stick, and it was just going to be like you say, some big target man up front. Now, again, I'm not a football coach, um, but our manager has talked about how a lot of managers that uh, uh, Quigley have played under had um, seen him as that, as a big man to, you know, to lump a ball up to, and that's all he was about. Now, our manager says that he thinks there's more to his game than that, um, and therefore that's what they've been working on in, um, in, in training. And in fairness to him, uh, yeah, two of them were penalties, but he's got... Um, he's still got to be there to stick it away. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, he has scored some... Putting the hand up saying, look, I'm going to take this, I've got the confidence to do it. He has so scored he's... some good goals this season, Joe Quigley. He scored some good goals this season. And and uh, with the exception of that game against Chesterfield last weekend, he has been, you know, he has looked decent. So, um, so yeah, well, you've given me that now because I'm hopeful that he's going to turn up at Boreham Wood and, uh, you know, be giving you all the years, won't he? You know, he'll be, uh, <laughs> yeah... Run it, run it, run it past. And, and by the way, he'd, he'd have a right to do so because he, he, would, he probably would know that he didn't do well at Bournemouth. Like, yeah. So if anyone gives him a stick, he's got an app. He's, he doesn't owe us anything at the end of the day. So no. sometimes it's weird that sometimes players just find a home or they mature yeah. or just have a manager that proper believes in them. Yeah. That, and if you've got that in your, in, in your gaffer, then. Fair enough. Well, that's exactly what he said about him about finding a home. And you are, and you asked before about how do you attract players to, uh, to you know, a place that is, uh, you know, away from the bright lights. Well, that's it. He's, he's having that a slow way of life, and if he's got that down there, I don't know if he lives down there, or whatnot. But if he's down there quite a lot of the time, and probably quite chilled out. Like it's probably a nice little place. Everybody probably if they bump into the street, say hello to him. Like. That kind of thing, like if you're a club of that sort of size in that town, seaside town, yeah, people know who you oh, are. Seaside town, come on, you're always a feel thinking of Weymouth. Don't mix us up with Weymouth. We, you will never be invited back on if you mix us up with Weymouth. That one will not go down well. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, only, I'm literally just joking about that. I'm just <laughs> I'm re- 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 away from the seaside. I'm hoping the smile gave it away, but um, <laughs> you know, 
all seriousness, if he if he has found the home and has found his feet there, yeah, they can up to him like at the end of the day. But yeah. it sounds like you, know, like you talked about earlier about all your young players, um, and your your team's obviously the second youngest. That sort of almost goes back to what you said at the start, where young lads or that have been just given a shot, that have been released from uh, other clubs and hoping that they maybe sign on two year deals after a year press, sell them on and then make the profit back that way. Or like you said, the Ruben Reeds or the Mark Littles who sort of gone around the leagues, know yep. they're around it and it's just then more of a guidance for the young lads and to sort of obviously profit from you as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so I'm going to ask you one last question then, Andy, before we uh, before we wrap this up. So there'll be hopefully a good uh, few people coming down to um, coming up to Borehamwood. Uh, who are the players that we should be looking out for? You've mentioned a few already. Um, I remember the lad uh, Fifield uh, from the games we played against you. He was quite a presence at the back. Yeah, quite. Um, very who should we be looking out for? Very, very underrated centre half. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've signed. Um, our back three is good. So basically, we signed a guy from Chesterfield called Will Evans. Um, really tall, uh, brown there. We'll play in the right of our back three. Um, goes up for every corner, free kick. He's an absolute lump. He's good. Um, but in terms of our go-to players, Ashmore, um, I believe, is in the top three keepers in the league. I know you'll probably say the same about Grant Smith, etc. Kane Smith, uh, our right wing back, um, chip, we'll chip in with a couple of goals as well. He's a good player. I don't really know how he's not got a move up the leagues to be completely honest with you, but always very highly rated, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people talk about in Kane Smith. Um, and then I'll probably go with Mendy Mendy. So weirdly enough, he's the left wing back. Somehow started at Atletico Madrid and has worked his way to Boronwood. Wow, right, okay. So, um, but there, there's a story there. Yeah. But, yeah, good player, natural left footer. Um, but they're the, they're the three that are, and obviously Firefield, yeah. are our most, to be honest, the most consistent and outstanding players. Yeah. Um, so I'll throw the question back to you. Who should we be, apart from the quickly? Yeah. Don't do it to us. Please don't do it to us. <laughs> lost Wilkinson with a hanny. Yeah. So who's going to be... Realistically, play for you guys on Saturday that we need to watch out for. Yeah, so I would say uh, we've got a midfield player called Tom Knowles, uh, who we signed last season from from Cambridge United. Absolutely on his day, again one of the one of the best players in the division by uh, by a long way. Hasn't scored a goal yet this season. Uh, won a couple of penalties, but oh, he hasn't scored. It. It. Don't don't you dare exactly. Jinx. Well, no, I'm I'm, I'm hoping I jinx it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in midfield is good. Yeah, so we've got we we we've got him in in midfield. He's probably our most attacking player. Got another young lad on the other side who was, uh, was uh, released by Bromley actually called uh, Charlie Wakefield, um, who started off at Chelsea. Um, he's looked good in the first few games. He's a he's a he's a new signing. So yeah, maybe maybe one of those two. I think as a attacking outlets, they're probably them and them and Quigley are probably the um the best that we've got. And what formation do you guys play? Well, it's a four four two. But um, I'm going my Bassett old school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, I love I'll, that. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. If you want to know about tactics and formations, I am the wrong person of the trio that does this podcast to be talking about. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just see eleven players out on the pitch and say, uh, say, just see what happens. But it does, uh, it does uh, move around a bit. But um, it is pretty much a, I say a four-four-two. Quigley's obviously kind of on his own, and then we have a lad 
you'll love this name, by the way. Sonny Blue Low Everton. He's on loan at, from, he's Watford. from Watford. On loan yeah, from yeah. Watford, yeah, yeah. He was at, Wilson, he was at last Wilson. year. Yeah, so he kind of plays in behind um, Quigley or has been. But we've also got Adi Youssef, who had a very yeah. brief spell at uh, Bournemouth. I think he played when he played Arrogate in the playoff final, didn't he? he came yeah, to be fair, yeah. again, probably a bit like Quigley, but I think what I was going to say as a sort of a last point, and I don't even know if anyone's even really noticed it. Like, So Garrard... Our manager has been got to the playoffs two out of the last three seasons. Oh yeah, I'd noticed that. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> but he's never been linked with anybody. No, like, no, ever. Um, and I've not really known why. But he basically, well, the point I was going to get to, I think he, in, when he's got a team, he knows who he likes. Yeah. So the point is, if he brings in Adi, I think he brought in Adi Yusuf on loan. Yeah. But he really knows that, like Kabshamanga and um, Tyro Marsh, they're his front two. Yeah. And unless they get injured, they they play. Yeah. So calling Quigley um, and Yusuf not very good for us is a bit harsh in the sense because that's I think the way Garrard is. And any players we get we've ever got on loan, they don't ever play because again he knows who he likes, um, and that's it. So is that's the only thing I can think that can hold him back. Yeah. From, he doesn't he doesn't ever rotate. Like I said, we've got Mark Rickies, who's 35. He'll play them Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah. When really, yeah. he probably needs a bit of a break, to be completely honest with you. But yeah. and he doesn't make his, his subs, he makes quite late. Like, he's reactive, not proactive. But he's, again, very good manager at his level. So Yeah, yeah, no, very, uh, like you say, the, the, what Boren would have done with the resources you got is, uh, mm. is absolutely, yeah, no, take your... Take our hats off to you, I think. Well, Andy, thank you very much indeed for your time. Thanks for coming thank on you. and talking to us about Boreham Wood. And uh, like I say, there'll be a few of us uh, there. Well, I'll certainly be there on Saturday anyway. So, um, yeah, if I spot you there, I shall come over and say hello. But um, we'll do, mate. thanks very much for your time. Thank really you, appreciate really it. Much. Cheers, Take now. care. Take care. Oh, Bye. Come on, mate. <laughs> Huge thanks to Andy Cullen, Boreham Wood fan. Dave, who was interviewing who? Well, it started off with me interviewing him, didn't it? But to be fair to him, he was a he was an inquisitive chap, and we we don't mind that, do we? We we, no, we like a we like a good chinwag. He was a he was a lovely fellow, and I'm uh, I'm I'm planning to be at Meadow Park at the weekend, so if I see him there. I shall, uh, I shall go over and say hello to him. I'm hoping I have a better journey than he had to Solihull. I don't want to be stood in that car park for uh, half an hour afterwards either. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, good conversation. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Well, if he likes to chat, another man who likes to chat is Mr. Darren Saal, who uh, you spoke to uh, as part of the media team today. The BBC were there, Western Gazette, Three Valleys Radio, and the Glovers cast represented on the. Uh, on the press call once again today, huge thanks out. Thank you to Sam for making that happen down at the club, um, and a huge uh, get your Wi-Fi sorted to the good people of Jurassic Fibre as well. <laughs> your name's Poor in the of the... Three Valleys. Honestly, he, he looked like he was going to explode at one point. And if anyone does want to listen back to the full interview, you can see it on. Um... Uh, on the uh, on the YouTube channel, and there is a moment where uh, Mrs. Harry gets uh, a bit of a tongue lashing for talking too loudly uh, in the corner there. Oh, I am on the radio. I think was what he said. So, yeah, it's uh, 
it, it was a bit of disharmony in the Harry in the Harry household, and it was his wife's birthday as well, and that's how we that's how we treated her. So oh, hope he got her a nice bunch of flowers. I hope so too. You're absolutely yeah. right. How uh, how was the gaffer? Was he in good form? He seemed to be uh, uh, quite as chatty as normal. Spoke to Tom Knowles as well. How's the how's the feeling around the camp? It was yeah, he was okay. And obviously the the, the massive news that came out of the press conference is that Darren Sull is a Glover's Cast listener. Well, actually, what he said was that he was looking for the fixtures on the uh, on online once and uh, and stumbled across the our post Stockport uh, podcast. I don't know how much he listened to, but he said he listened to it. And then I invited him to come back and listen. And uh, he said with a smile on his face, "No, nah, I won't be doing that." So um, he they had been talking. He had been listen. talking about social media and how um, yeah, he was not a uh, he was not a fan of it. But yeah, he was. Uh, in typical typical form, so uh, yeah, he's, he, he didn't seem too down in the mouth about uh, losing to to Chesterfield. He made the comment about how Ruben Reed to had said to him after the game that it wasn't a weekend ruiner to lose to Chesterfield. So yeah, he seemed thought he seemed quite quite all right. Well, that's good news. He's got a long uh, coach trip up to Boreham Wood in London, so that's about enough time to listen to the latest Glovers cast, don't you think? Yeah, and if you're listening, Darren, it was a yeah, it was a real, real pleasure. Good, right? He's let's not let's talk. He's not listening. He's <laughs> absolutely not listening. Let's talk a little bit about Boreham Wood, um, because I think we both agree it's going to be a, a fairly difficult game. But we've thought that a few times this season with with mixed results. Boreham Wood did slip up last time around. They've gone to Bromley and got good victories. They've gone. To, they went to Dover and got a victory. What I was noticing about them though is that their their home form doesn't doesn't jump out at me as being particularly amazing a nil nil draw with stockport who we gave a great good hiding to the week prior the week after um they beat older shot as we have done and then that two all draw with halifax uh, a battling halifax a halifax who seem to have turned a bit of a corner it seems um it's strange isn't it because we haven't got a great home record either I thought the reintroduction of supporters might mean that the the home advantage so to speak kind of kicked back into gear but there are a few sides that have questionable home form in in the division and are yet doing okay. I mean, we, we know that Southend and Stockport haven't even won a game at home yet. Torquay have had a rough one. We haven't got the greatest one. And then there are a couple of others as well. Um, is it all pointing towards an away victory on Saturday? <laughs> well, let's hope so, eh? But, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to jinx it. Um, but I think probably when you look at some of those teams that you've mentioned there, obviously likes of South End, Torquay, Stockport haven't started well. And we know from a visit to Stockport that having a big home support can work against you when things mm. aren't going for you. Uh, Boreham Wood, as Andy mentioned there, obviously don't get very big crowds. So um, I doubt, uh, you know, home advantage really plays into their hands very much at all. But one thing that he did say was that, you know, the way that they set up is obviously more... Um, for a for an away side, um, and I would imagine that we're probably not that different, are we? Uh, you know, in, the, in terms of the way we we set up, I, I I think looking at our, I mean, we talk about how we haven't got a lot of experience, and obviously even less with um, with Luke Wilkinson out for the weekend, um, and Boreham would have a lot of experience. Could that work in our favour? Our you know young legs of uh, you know, Wakefield, Knowles, Sunny Blue, all of them. Could they give uh, 
I say the old fellas. I'm an old fella myself, aren't I? So, um, yeah. <laughs> no could comment. they could they give could they give some of them the run? You don't need to comment. I already know what you think. So, yeah. What do you I think? Did, could they give I them the run around? I, I do. I, I think actually it might be a case of if the game ends, if the game is nil nil after 40, 50, 60 minutes, or it's close, you have to think that that kind of stuff will kind of build itself in, and that we may be able to call upon. I don't know, maybe if we have got somebody on the bench, uh, uh, Matt Worthington or someone with some fresh legs who has that intensity that can come on and and make a difference, or if you've got a 60% Charlie Wakefield up against a 60% fullback, well, there's only one winner there. Nine times out of ten, there's only one winner there, and it's going to be Charlie Wakefield. So if you can make an impact substitution, I wonder if this is where maybe, maybe we switch Sonny Blue out and we start him on the bench and then after 70 minutes 60 minutes we say they're tired they're wavering go out there and give them hell and give them some real intensity and add a Yusuf can rough a few up and maybe make the link up play a little bit more differently so I do wonder if we might see a couple more changes I wonder if Adi Yusuf might get his first start uh, in the league after his goal last night but I think Sonny Blue would have um, done his uh, done his thoughts uh, no harm either by doing the same in the Somerset Premier Cup so it's an interesting team selection I think with that in mind we have got this young hungry side we have got this team with minimal minimal fear it's just whether or not that's going to translate to quality up against a side who will have been there and done that and come up against a hundred thousand young whippersnappers like Tom Knowles and Charlie Wakefield it's a really interesting dynamic and I'm fascinated to see the team news, especially going forward. I think that defensively it picks itself, but um, going forward especially, I think it could be interesting. Would you start the three young guns in behind Joe Quigley, or would you maybe allow one of them to come off the bench? I would agree with you, actually. I think it might be a time to uh, chuck out a Yusuf in. He's obviously had quite a number of substitute appearances, got a couple of goals under his belt. Admittedly, one of them was against Bridgewater, but nevertheless, he's still got to score them. Um, so I would maybe chuck him on as a bit more of an experienced head. I mean, one thing that Bourne would do have is some quite, or, or younger fullbacks. Um, so Andy there mentioned about uh, Kane Smith, who's quite a well-regarded um, uh, fullback that they've got and uh, Jacob Mendy Mendy I'm so good they named him twice uh, <laughs> who they signed from Wildston who scored nine goals I think for Wildston last season really um, and actually started his footballing career at Atletico Madrid so there you go Atletico oh, Madrid to Boreham Wood it's uh, quite a bad challenge. at all yeah. I think it's. I think it's going to be a, a, a. When people talk about a tight game and stuff, I like to look at. I like to look at the numbers. They're the lowest scoring team in the top six. They they don't have the goals that are flowing like, like Chesterfield have got with Tishmanga, like Dagenham. I mean, Dagenham already up to seventeen. Boreham would have only at the moment got ten. Um, we're not particularly high scoring either. We've only got seven, but that has equated to enough for for three victories. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a game of potential fine margins I really do I, I hope we've got we've got a player in us possibly Tom Knowles who you spoke to today it might be someone for him to have you know you might only get one moment to shine you might only get one chance early doors we might have to take that one chance who knows we might have to try and win another penalty or something like that I'm not expecting a route um, even if we are in good nick away from home and have got good results at, at Stockport and Aldershot recently um, I am I am expecting a Oh, a potentially cagey match. I really, really yeah. am. Um, I want to talk about the a few of the other things that the, the gaffer said today. Luke Wilkinson, indeterminate amount of time out, but he's not, he doesn't feel like he's panicking. 
doesn't no. feel like he's turning around and saying, well, we'll get him back with Little and Reed at Christmas. He feels like it's a one that if he just rests for a couple of weeks, he might yeah. get away with it. He was asked whether it was a run-of-the-mill hamstring. I'm not sure what one of those is, but the run-of-the-mill hamstring injury or whether it was something a bit more, well, like Ruben Reed, who we know has torn his hamstring. Um, and he said, we think it's more run-of-the-mill, but we're waiting for some clarity from the specialist. So, yeah, it does make you think he, he doesn't want to put a date on it. I know he did on after the game on Saturday, didn't he? He said a couple of weeks. but um, So he, does, he doesn't want to put a date on it, but... Um, you know, all he did say was that he won't be available in time for uh, for Boreham Wood, which we've probably all expected anyway. So, yeah, like you say, it doesn't sound like he's panicking. I did ask him about whether he would, uh, he'd spoken after the game on Saturday about maybe recruiting someone. He did talk about how there was a, uh, you know, a lack of uh, centre-halves and interestingly saying about how football league clubs are um bit hesitant to let loan players out due to COVID. Obviously, if they lose players, then they could um, uh, find themselves short as well. So, um, so yeah, it doesn't sound like there's a huge amount. But he, he, I think he said if they wanted to bring someone in, they wanted to bring someone in who had that football league experience. And if that wasn't available, then, you know, he wasn't going to bring people in for the sake of it. One interesting thing he did say, which we mentioned on uh, Sunday, Monday's podcast, was... Uh, We've got Josh Staunton, who has played there before. And I know I said on Monday, I wouldn't put Josh Staunton back. Um, and we spoke about not breaking up the Staunton-Gorman partnership, which I'd still agree with, but that's definitely in the manager's thoughts as a as an option. Personally, I think Morgan Williams and Maxim would be uh, your go-tos with, uh, what was it, Phil and Grant in front of them. Phil and Grant in front of them. Um, do, you think, do you think part of the reason he's not, he's not maybe committed to a recruitment is that we've actually got a 10-day break? After this game, I know we've um, it was alluded to today that we've got a friendly against an unnamed EFL club, um, but possibly a League Two team. We think trying to work out who isn't isn't playing on Tuesday. League Two sides aren't playing apart from a couple in the Pizza Cup, so we may be going up to a, a League Two side somewhere. Um, do you think that's part of it? Like, there's no point bringing somebody in for somebody then who has to sit and twiddle their thumbs for nine, ten days after this. If you're going to bring someone in, you might as well bring someone in on the third of October and get a full 28 days out of them that way, for, for example, and just try and patch up this team and, and get them out. Yeah, I get the impression, like I say, that he thinks with Morgan Williams, Max Hunt, and um, you know the protection of our midfield enforcers, that there's um, he's got enough there to get him through Boreham Wood um, and get hopefully get something from there. And then, like you say, you've got your, your, your 10 days after that, haven't you, to... Um, to see what you can do. Or maybe, I mean, we don't know, do we? Maybe get Luke Wilkinson fit in that time. Who knows? We don't Quite know possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Quite yeah. possibly. Um, other points of note, Lewis Simper is on the verge of returning. A huge shout-out. Was it you or Ian that got the uh, Cambridge It was journalist? Ian. It Ian. was Ian and uh, Alex James. Andy James? Alex James. Sorry, whoever. Uh, what? <laughs> Mr. Alex James. or Andy. Mr. James, yeah. Yeah. Um, who asked a question for us. And, uh, yeah, I checked it with the... With Darren Sal, and he said that. Also asked Tom Knowles about Lewis Simper, who he said, yeah, it would be. He, he'd spoken to him uh, when he'd heard, uh, he'd been on the phone to Tom Knowles, uh, and he said he'd sold the club to him. Uh, but I, I think he, what is it? <laughs> Darren Sal said something about he's a, he's a wonderful young man, um, and there's lots of uh, fathers out there with daughters. And if you brought Lewis Simper home, you could sleep <laughs> sleep soundly at night. So he sounds like he's someone that Darren Sal would let his. Uh, 
I'm assuming Darren Sarr's got a daughter. Let his daughter marry anyway. So <laughs> he's got to have something about him, hasn't he? I, I, there's not a lot you can add to that, really. There's not. There's there's not. Really and not. He's, he's possibly a good player too. I don't know. That would be handy if he that was. Would, that would wonderful, be. wonderful boyfriend, wonderful yeah. husband. Yeah. Can he play football? Yeah. Um, can, can he play centre-back? Um, so that's that's good. Good point of order. Um, in fact, Harry also asked about... Uh, Alby, Alby Skendi, uh, still no news really there. He is uh, in America and likely to stay there. There's not a lot more we can really discuss on that really, is there, Ian? We have, we've, we've tried to do some digging. We've tried to see what we can find out here at Glover's Cast. It's proving um, frustrating, but hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to shed a little bit more light on it at some point in the in the near future, but it's uh, yeah, it's a strange one. space on that one, I would say. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's, it's a shame because he's that sort of flexible player that we would have called upon to play any one of nine positions last season. So could have come in handy in a thin squad. Uh, were there any other points of note? There was a there was a question which people will have heard if they watched the full thing about um, about the takeover. Oh, yes. imminent takeover that uh, uh, Adrian rumoured, the rumour mill, there was all kinds of rumours. Um, asked Darren Sal if he knew anything about it. Darren Sal said he didn't. Um, and then started on about um, how he didn't like social media. And if you're a manager, why would you go on social media? Um, and then they handed over to me and I said, hi, Darren, I'm from a podcast. Not quite social media, but it nearly is. But... <laughs> uh, and that's when he, he told me he was, uh, you know, he, he listened to every episode. I mean, he accidentally stumbled across one episode and he said it was very good, very good. But then I won't be listening again. So we, we love put that. Darren. We should we should put that on the uh, on the homepage of the website. Yeah, Very yeah, good, but I won't be listening again. <laughs> exactly. Twenty twenty one. I think that just about wraps things up, doesn't it? We are going to finish this episode of the podcast with uh, Ian's. Is it his first defence? His first defence. Yeah. Yes. His well. Yes. Since, been, since, since dethroning Nigel, and he's uh, he's brought a friend with him because he's brought a fellow Glovers Trust board member, Steve CB. Um, you'll hear why. Uh, it was Steve versus Ian. He should have been slightly different, but um, yeah, uh, Adam Skinner saw itself out. But uh, yeah, we'll, we will finish with that and we will be back with you on Monday. Well, we'll be back Sunday, won't we? But you'll all hear it on Monday. Okay, so it's quiz time. Our reigning champion, Ian Perkins, fresh from landing a knockout blow on the former undisputed uh, middleweight champion of the world, uh, <laughs> Nigel Dyson, um, is now going to be taking on Steve Seabee, uh, a fellow Glover's Trust uh, tr trustee board member. Is that what you call yourself, Steve? Yeah, that's right. Something like that, yeah. Oh, something like that. We'll go with that. Okay, Steve's trying to move this on before I start trying to mine him for uh, for information. <laughs> so we will get straight to the straight to the quiz. Actually, before we get to the quiz, the, this was intended to be you versus another Glover's Trust uh, board member. Am I right, Steve? What's happened there? Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Adam Skinner um, tweeted out last minute, actually. Oh dear. Well. Yeah. It's is that the smell of fear that we can... I think so, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, well, I can understand certainly that. Seem, he certainly seems scared of going up against Steve. Does so, he? Yeah, I think so. Well, if you're listening, Steve, uh, Adam, you know, come on, step up. It's uh, it, it's, it's your moment. But uh, I, I guess the uh, the reigning champion versus a uh, 
a new a new candidate is is probably okay. So, um, Ian, I've asked you every time. I didn't know the rules of the game, so I won't ask you this time. But oh, thank uh, you. But Steve, for your benefit, the the name of the game is Yeovil Town. Who am I? I have carefully crafted a potted history of three former Yeovil Town players. Um, I'll read them out to you. If you guess an incorrect answer, you have to wait until I finish the next paragraph of what I've written, and then I'll I'll, I'll call you back in. Um, it's the first to two. Best of three. Do you understand the rules, Steve? Yep, loud and clear. Loud and clear. Right, well, let's get started then. I was born in Crewe in March 1990 and joined the academy setup on my hometown team at the age of 18, signing my first professional contract within 12 months. I had a number of loan spells, including 18 matches at Icelandic side IBV, where I played 18 times, scoring five goals from a forward position. I made my crew debut in September 2009 as a substitute, replacing another former Glover, Joel Grant, in defeat of Berry. But I had to wait until the following season to score my first goal for the Railway Men in the seventh in a 7-0 win over Barnet. I only managed uh, to make 18 appearances after struggling to adapt to first-team football and was given a fitness regime to help me adapt to the rigours of the men's game. That resulted in nine goals in 44 appearances the following year, including providing an assist in the League Two playoff final against Cheltenham in May 2012 to earn crew a return to League One. I was back at Wembley the following season, coming on as 83rd minute substitute in a Johnston Paints Trophy final win over Southend in April 2013. But my 11 year association with crew came to an end in the summer of 2014 when Gary Johnson brought me to Yeovil with a AJ club Leach Smith. AJ Leach Smith, it is. Oh, good stuff, Ian. Right. Okay. That was, that was you, a good Ian. one. I didn't know about yeah that well. I didn't know about all the IVB or whatever. Oh, there you stuff. go. Yeah, playing oh, in Iceland. Great. There you go. Right. Okay. So one nil. Pressure's on now, Steve. Pressure's on, mate. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Reckon this is like Keegan versus Ferguson, isn't it? So, <laughs> that was. I love it if I beat him. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. You might have to be quick at this one, but I'm going to go for it. I was born in Lodz in Poland in August 1989. And it was Bartosz invited... Oh, it's not Bartosz Tarachowski, Steve. So that's you out for one more paragraph, and then I will, I will call you back in. To have a trial at Birmingham City as a 17-year-old. After just two hours of the trial, the club's goalkeeping coach, Nigel Spink, declared me the real... Oh, it was Arthur Krizziak, oh, yes. Oh, my. Convenient. There you go. Too soon I with Bartos. Need, I felt the need to go early just in case, but never mind. You did, you did. Well, I shall give you the opportunity to, 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 to claw some back if you want. Uh, I, I've got one more that we can we can go, go with. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I was born in Greenwich in London in October 1972 and had unsuccessful trials at Wimbledon and Luton before signing for Stevenage ahead of the 1994-95 season. I played 33 times in that first season, including coming off the bench to score in a 5-0 win over Yeovil in December 1994. The following season, I was part of Stevenage's side, which won the conference title only to be denied promotion to the league due to the standard of the stadium. And the year after, I scored seven times in 55 matches, despite playing in the centre of defence. But Stevenage were pipped to the title that year by Macclesfield. 
And it was Macclesfield who I ended up joining in the summer of 1997. And they gave me my chance of my football league debut, which I took with both hands, scoring on, in my first game and remained... Which, which, sorry, I can't read it. <laughs> which was also the club's first in uh, first in the league and remained there for two years before joining Luton in what turned out to be an unsuccessful spell. Crew Alexander was my next stop in 2000, and in my time there, I was called up for Nigeria for the first time in my career, making the team's squad for the 2002 F. World Sargi. Cup. Epi it is, yeah. Oh, Epi it is. Beat me to it. There you go. Uh, so that's we, haven't had, we haven't had many Nigerians play for us, have we? I don't no. Think. No. And I didn't realise that he'd made the 2002 World Cup. But, um, yeah. That, yeah that, was, that, was, uh, that was what I was going to say when that was the clue that I twigged. Yeah. Good job I never got to the last paragraph because it didn't end well for old Effie, did it? it uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. It all, it all went a bit wrong for him after a, a spell as assistant manager at Macclesfield, which I guess is... Uh, Yes, that's it, but yeah, we okay. don't want to get into any legal issues. No, though. no, Leave exactly. Move this one on. Move this one on. Okay, well, Steve, thank you for um, thank you for trying, and uh, at least you oh. had the, you know, you had the courage to turn up. Um, and maybe <laughs> you know, a fellow Glover's Trust uh, board member might uh, might turn up uh, to take on our reigning champion again. I Adam, if you're real, listening, the real match we want, the real match we want to see is Steve versus Adam. That's for is sure. It? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Steve, we will be happy to help, help you back if you know you can uh, you can persuade Adam to. Uh, I don't know what's uh, worse, getting beat three 0 or not turning up. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I think I think at least you had the uh, you know you, you stepped onto the pitch, which is more than we can say for uh, for your colleague there. But you never know; we might see him next week, might not we? So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time, Steve. Thanks for me on to Cheers. Bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot, goal! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.